what the fuck are half of them about? And, you know, I mean, if I had to watch Johnny Depp driving out into the desert to bury a bunch of jewellery once again to try and sell me his lifestyle. Oh, please. Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast, a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and those complete head fuck moments of the business world. I'm your host for the show, Glenda Wynyard. GB is here with us from a distance this time. How are you, GB? Hello. Welcome. Welcome to London Town, I guess is what I should be saying to everyone. I've actually escaped to, you know, ignore the pandemic. So although that's not really working out for me while I'm here, but, you know, why not? What do you mean it's not working out? Well, you know, the the talks of, of big changes over here with Omicron, whatever you call it, coming through the new variant. I'm getting triple vaxxed. I don't care. <laughs> I'm glad that you don't care. I'm actually trying to figure out if I can get a booster while I'm over here. Um, TBC on that. What's happening? Nothing. I'm frozen 24-7. I think that's that's what's happening while I'm over here. Uh, it's very cold. This little Kiwi has discovered the art of layering, uh, which I never had to deal with previously, but that's fine. Um, but London's lovely. It's nice. Camden's great where I'm staying at the moment. Very cool. I feel very unhip around all the people around there, but that's fine. Are the Christmas lights out? The Christmas lights are out. Actually, I haven't been out at night to see the lights yet, but I think that's going to happen tonight or tomorrow. Who knows? How can you let me down? You've got to go there. Have you been to Harrods yet? That's my favourite shop I've been to Harrods. I have. had caviar and uh, champagne at Harrods, which was lovely. It's the only way I like to shop is when I can go and have a drink in Harrods and a bit of champagne <laughs> and things like that because I don't like shopping. So why else would you go there? <laughs> why else? Why else? Now, before we take up all the time, we have some friends here from, can I say this, my neck of the woods. Oh, get over yourself. Today we have our friend from the podcast, Martin Rich from Future Fit back again. Welcome back, Martin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to be here. I'm enjoying the uh, the cliches of of London. Oh. You know, you know, Camden is uh, they say is where trends go to die. Really? Yeah. Oh no. So now everybody who lives in Camden now hates me for saying that, but it it's. I have what to they move say. out immediately. Well, no, you're okay for a while. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. You're no longer hip and happening, G. I can't believe you didn't take up the offer to come and do this in my garden. Well, look, the, listen. I mean, this is snug. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm loving being in this little studio here. This is, this is kind of cool. It is. It's very hip. freezing. It is out there. Cold, okay, yeah. and yeah. also I couldn't really bring my podcast stuff with me. Uh, I had a limit on my luggage, so I decided, <laughs> I decided on jumpers <laughs> over podcasting equipment. Really? Mm. You just said you were hip and cool, but. Uh, well, I'm, way not, Sorry. I'm staying in Camden, so yeah, apparently not. Exactly. But this is cool. This is pretty hip. <laughs> this is hip. Okay, Soho hip, check. Yeah. Now, you're not the, our only guest today, Martin. We've also got another friend of the agency. The wonderful director of the Network One, Paul Squirrel, is here too. Hey, Paul, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Glenda. How are you? I'm going great. You've had a, a couple of eventful days or weeks lately, haven't you? 
Oh gosh, yes, we well, we 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 stupidly decided we'd try and put on a live event just as the uh, the omnivirus decided to kick off and it was all over the news. So that was that was a that was a laugh. Um, but of course, the agency world is, is is somewhat resilient. So thankfully, some people turned up, and I didn't have to eat and drink everything myself. Um, but yeah, no, it's been busy, and we had our awards, of course, which you very kindly um, sat in on and judged actually. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, we, we've been rushing around all over the place. I have to say though, G, you're not the only uncool hip trendy person because i think i have to take that crown according to my children i bought myself a turtleneck the other day and um, my son who's 16 described me as a wannabe steve jobs so uh, you know i i, I think um, i probably Ooh. take the crown and i live in the countryside so i'm not hip and cool either now last time we had two guests on the show at the same time one of them happened to announce that they were nearly stabbed so we've got absolutely high hopes for today now, before we get out the eggnog to celebrate Christmas, I just want to ask you both a really big question because I talk about these mindfuck moments of the business world. So what's been the mindfuck moment of the past 12 months that's impacted your business? Paul, how about you go first? Oh, gosh. I mean, where to start? Um, I think probably the, the biggest thing for us was the fact that actually I couldn't get on a plane for most of this year and indeed most of last year. And I, I typically spent sort of around about three or four months of the year traveling around the world and meeting people because that's what you do when you run a network. And all of a sudden, my world went from being sort of globally orientated to sitting in this little converted garage at home in, in, in sunny Kent. And uh, you know, I just couldn't get anywhere. I mean, thank goodness for things like Zoom and Teams and the like. But uh, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest thing and the sort of adjustment from being all over the place to actually not going anywhere. And I guess I think probably the, the, the sort of bigger adjustment was for my wife, who was continually moaning previously that I was never here, never around. And now all she does is moan that I am here and I am all around and I don't go anywhere. But there we go. It's incredible, the changes, but I've got to say, I firmly believe the Network One was amazing the way that you actually brought our community together at a global level. I think your Wednesday webinar sessions and everything that you put into it was just brilliant. So you pivoted extremely well. That's very kind of you to say so, Glenda. And I, I you know, I think uh, again, a possibly a, a big learning. You know, I've I've sort of reached a stage where I used to go and talk at conferences. Well, I still do occasionally, but you know, there'd be someone there who'd come and put your mic on and make sure that everything was working on the tech front. And all of a sudden, here we were, sat at home with our cameras, and we had to do it all ourselves. Uh, you should have seen me trying to put together a green screen behind me here. It was absolutely hilarious. And I think I'm quite a handy person, but my goodness what a faff that was and then all of a sudden you know there was that time where we couldn't even get our hair cut for months and months on end so uh yeah i sat here looking like a scarecrow with this wonky green screen behind me but hopefully we're all through that now and it's all getting better yeah i think so i think we're learning to live with it and what about you martin what did you find yeah i mean i, I mean I, I totally echo what paul's just said i mean you know, I usually spend quite a lot of time running around the world building the FutureFit community, and of course, all of that got stopped. But for the sake of a different answer, you know, I think the probably the the most sort of stopping moment for us back back in the summer, we we took a little bit of time with things being a bit quieter still to really reflect on where had FutureFit been successful, where had we not been successful, this whole transition to a truly sustainable future brackets listen to our previous podcast if you want to hear more about that close brackets plug. Uh, the, the plug. actual plug. Snug the plug in there nice. uh, but 
One of the friends who we spoke to at a, a very big corporation that you, you would all know basically turned around and said, look, the problem is every company out there needs future fit, but virtually none of them want it. Oh, and and it, and it was and it was absolutely said in love, you know. It was, it was a but it was like just here, here's the reality of the problem. Everybody needs a roadmap to be truly sustainable, and everybody is sort of positioning themselves as that. But the reality is, the vast majority of businesses don't want to embrace that kind of radical transformation that they would need to to be truly sustainable, or quite frankly, even carbon neutral. And I think that that for us was, you know, that was forty eight thousand volt jolt of like shit actually yeah you've that's oh yeah that's a big problem and so that's you know societal change issues and all the rest of it and maybe we'll we'll touch on some of that as we go forward but i think that was that was a huge you know reality pill during the year so yeah that, that was probably the moment gw yeah that's not cool at all look i would have thought that uh people would have taken the time to really think about the future off the back of COVID, you know, as organisations sort of like sorting themselves out and and evolving so quickly as they have, or many have. I think that's that's true to a point, but I think the reality is most businesses have just been peddling to survive, mm. which is perfectly understandable. And I think the changes that we've seen have been born more out of an immediate need to change and an immediate need to respond rather than a taking a step back, a deep breath. What does our business look like going forward and how can we be radically different? So unfortunately, I, f- I fear, again, in the majority of cases, there will absolutely be exceptions to this. But I think that short termism actually was increased because of the cash flow pressure. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to to agree with you. GW on that point, but I I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, I guess they don't have the time to take a step back and think because all they're thinking about is how do I stay afloat? Yeah. Yeah. So there's fair enough. mm, Yeah. It's that's a really big truth pill to take. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that that was that was the red pill big time. Yeah, it really was. That's like the big red button that you didn't ask anyone to push. Yeah. And then I sort of found myself waking up in a fat of goo looking over the edge (laughs) of, you know, an unreal world. There's a cultural reference for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's like, going, what the hell is he talking about? Now, I'm going to get you into a more positive mode a bit later on in the show, but I'm going to just yeah. save that save that for a minute. Now, lads, we're actually here today to discuss all things holidays in the wonderful world of advertising that we find Ooh. ourselves in. Um, this is our favourite podcast of the year to do, actually. So we're really glad to have both of you here to really get your insights into kind of what's happening now. And I've thrown a few future questions in there. I've thrown some advertising questions in there as well for, you know, Paul and Martin. And of course, there's a lot of conversation with G-Dubs and I, but that's kind of what we're doing today. So I guess strap yourselves in and kind of get ready. And is that why we're both wearing black jumpers? Yes. To look really Christmassy. Yeah, to look as, as Christmassy <laughs> as possible. And a vague attempt to look creative in my part, but there we go. <laughs> It's so funny. Look, no pressure, guys. I just want to kick off Christmas with a pretty big question, though, because we all love seeing these Christmas ads. And personally, I think the Northern Hemisphere does Christmas so good, which is why I'm so fixated with it. And I love all the ads that come out of your markets. I really do. 
But there's a pretty big question I I often think about with, when it comes to Christmas, and that's what do you get sick of seeing? What's going on all the time? And you sit there and you go, oh, my gosh, I've actually had enough. It's not working anymore. Stop trying to trying to make it fit. Martin, what about you? I think it's the it's just the excess consumerism and and that constant pushing of of need for everything that that really does just get me down and 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 I really don't want to I'm going to start off sounding terribly bar humbug here and I, I mean I'm not I love Christmas I love that that whole you know the whole shebang of of Christmas I absolutely love but I think certainly you know, walking around the shops and, and, and certainly when we're looking at the, the adverts and, and, and all the rest of it, it's just that constant push. And I thought this year, this was great. This 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 uh, conversation gave me an excuse to just go and binge watch adverts so I could sound like I vaguely know what I'm talking about. And it, But there was clearly a bounce back from last year. There is so much of a push for you need everything. You need as much as you possibly can. And so many of the adverts... Are, are about as many presents as you could possibly get. You know, it's just just more and more and more and more and more and more. And that's just not, it's not healthy from any perspective, you know, environmentally or sustainability-wide, but I see just from personal mental health and, and economics within families, all of the, it's just this push for need, the push for more, you know, rather than actually the, really what Christmas is about and the underlying impact important elements of that I just feel have just just got shoved out so that that's what really sticks in my throat well it, it's like Dudley from Harry Potter last year I got 32 presents right. this year I want 33 or whatever yeah. the number is you know like yeah. it's it yeah it really is that that overconsumption that's yeah massively mm. what about you Paul you know, I, I would agree with Martin actually on that. Um, I, I think there is a massive push for you know buy, 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 and you know there are ads, particularly the sort of the ones I was watching um, uh, to prepare for this. You know, ones like the Argos TV commercial, which you know really is about how much can you uh, can you find in the little laminated catalogue of dreams, as Bill Bailey puts it. But I do have a particular bug there. And I'm going to probably annoy a lot of the agencies that I work with <laughs> saying this, but it's perfume ads. Perfume and aftershave ads. I mean, what, the, what the fuck are half of them about? And, you know, I mean, if I had to watch Johnny Depp driving out into the desert to bury a bunch of jewellery once again to try and sell me his lifestyle. Sauvage. Oh, please. I mean, and then the worst thing is when the ad comes back the following year with a redub soundtrack and it's been slightly re-edited because they're too cheap to make a new one. I mean, guys, I know you're trying to sell something, which is essentially, a, a, you know, it is a lifestyle. And how do you sell a smell on a television or in a, in a theatre? But please, oh, that formula is so old and jaded. Come up with something new and different. Anyway, that's my rant. How's that? I love that you said that. They, what is it? Something like 70% of all their sales occur at Christmas and it's all GWPs. You know, they're so reliant on Christmas, aren't they? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I completely understand why it's there. But as I say, you know, I had to try and explain. My, my daughter is 14. And I had to try and explain to her what the meaning was behind the whole perfume ad thing and how you're trying to sell this sort of, you know, this lifestyle and dream and you, know, you want to smell like Victoria Beckham. And she's like, why? And I'm thinking, yeah, OK, fair enough. You win that one. I mean, I've just got that. question. <laughs> Thanks for trashing my career of 25, 30 years. It seems everyone is jumping on the 
there's nothing stopping us coming together reunion style ad this year. What are your thoughts on that? Is it low-hanging fruit or is it a reality that actually we're all facing? You know what? I mean, I guess there's always a question, isn't there? Does advertising reflect society or does advertising sort of create societal movements? So I guess it's a little bit of both. It is a slightly low-hanging fruit if, if you're going to if you're going to be sort of cynical and look at it. But equally, I think that um, it's there's an inevitability about it. And uh, given what you know, the, the sort of the store everybody puts in Christmas and coming together, and what's happened over the last year, and sort of the cancellations at the last minute, um, I'm not I'm not entirely surprised. And you see it at all levels of uh, of our of our society, particularly here um, in, in the UK. I mean, we've got you know Boris the Human Haystack who's ranting on about not stopping Christmas. I'm not totally surprised uh, that it's been reflected in a lot of the commercials. And I think some have done it a lot better than others. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, one of the ones that sort of really stands out for me this year, and it's not particularly fancy, it's not a particularly clever one, it's just a nice reflection of the last 18 months is the Tesco's commercial, if you've seen it, where, you know, you, uh, the you, you've got the, the, you know, the people sat on the plane, for example, and it's jolting backwards and forwards, and it's, it cuts to a shot from outside. And it's like, Go on holiday, stay on home. Go on holiday, stay at home, and it—it's it, just you know that—that that for me works very nicely. I agree with you. I thought the Tesco's ad was brilliant. I'm glad you brought that up, Martin. Are you going to have a Tesco's moment? I feel like the Tesco's woman at the end of the ad. No, but I—I I think the for me actually the the nice thing that I took out of the positives that I took out of looking at so many of these adverts actually was just that family and that connections piece i thought was was really that was a big big plus um and yeah mate it probably is absolutely a reflection of where we are societally but i think the i think it was the the amazon prime advert where you know the lady orders a a, a birdhouse for her young neighbor i mean that that was a lovely touch you know that wasn't even family that was that was friends and then i thought the just the family connections the the disney animated one is is absolutely brilliant about the stepdad you know it's quite just beautifully done as you'd expect you know out of a disney pixar type studio you know just just very very well done yeah a little disney-fied but hey of course it is the one that actually really moved me and i'm not a particular i don't think i'm a particularly soppy person but this one actually genuinely made me cry was the uh, american apple ad where there's a family travels across America to go and visit granddad. Granddad's lost uh, his wife. And um, the, the the theme tune playing quietly in the background is actually Pixar's Up. Yes. Which also was a film that made me cry because nobody told me about the intro. The advert at the end where the grandkids who've been sort of getting under his feet and then they've put together, of course, using, you know, the iPad and all the software, but they've put together this beautiful little memories book. I mean, it's just, that was just, you know, that was heart-wrenching. I mean, does that make me want to go out and buy Apple products? Or, I, you know, I, I don't, there's, this is back to, this is Paul's world, you know, uh, your world of, of like, does, where's the connection? But actually, as, just as a, a lovely, sweet little story that actually connected, actually, I think, far more with the spirit of Christmas and family and connection and love and all of these things without, you, you know, wasn't, buy a thousand iPads. There was just the one that was passing around. I, I actually, I really, that for me resonated far more than um, people ice skating through the uh, at the aisles of uh, another supermarket that I won't name. 
to your point about it connecting or resonating with people to then them purchasing a product, my whole thing about it is if you were that touched by an Apple ad, you're probably more likely to go into an Apple store in 12 months or six months time to buy an iPad than you are to go into a Samsung store to purchase whatever their version of a tablet is. Yeah. So, you know, like I I actually think these Christmas ads create that affiliation Mm. that you might not necessarily already have because otherwise you're looking at it going, oh, Paul looks like a Steve Jobs wannabe in his I would take that as a compliment, by the way. If any 16-year-old said to me, you're like Steve Jobs, I'd be like, thank you. Oh, I can assure you, Martin, it was not meant as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And what about all the snowmen? Now, listen, when I came here and when I was doing my research for this, I was watching all these different ads and I was told not to expect snow. And Listen, I'm a little bit upset, but I'm still expecting snow while I'm here. So it it has to happen. I'm really hoping. But it seems like Apple and even Orange, they're all doing this big snowfall, snowmen kind of storyline. What's the go with snowmen this year? Paul, you're going to have to answer that. I have no idea. I mean, it's just a kind of a Christmas trope, isn't it? I, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's kind of this sort of Dickensian idyllic view that we have of Christmas. And I think Aldi do this. I mean, they've got the actual the Aldi commercial I watched. Um, I mean, it's 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 charming. It's a lovely piece of animation. And it's got some really nice little puns in. I mean, you've got sort of like Kevin the carrot doing his sort of fly through, you know, Dickensian story town and all the rest of it with snow everywhere and Ebenezer and banana or whatever it is. But anyhow, I, mean, I, I think it sort of all stems from there, this sort of stylized idyllic view that we have that, you know, on the 25th of December, it's going to hammer down with snow and we're all going to sit around a fire. You know, it, 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 is it still relevant in today's world of advertising? I think like, like most things in this country, we like to hark back to the past with slightly rose tinted glasses and think it was great. But I mean, if you if you if you flip it to the other side and look at something that JD Sport have done, which really picks up on youth culture. I mean, I you know I, I kind of applaud that as well. I mean, it's not you know not my demographic, not <laughs> certainly not my age group. Um, but actually, you know, what it does is say, you know, Christmas doesn't have to all be about snowmen and stuff. It means a lot. It's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, we, we don't all live in that type of, of world. Um, so let's not, so, you know, but yeah, I, I, will it, will it snow this year? Will we have snowmen? Well, we'll wait and see. It's certainly damn cold where I am today. Can, can I just say with that, the, the, the JD advert, actually, that, that was one that just made me feel old. I, I, mean, I, I know, I totally get, I am not the demograph, but I spent the entire effort thinking, I don't know who any of you are. I don't know if I maybe should know who some of you are. It's a very cool advert. I, I quite enjoyed it, but I just spent the entire like minute and a half going, no idea what you're saying, what you're doing, who you are or anything, but yeah, it's kind of a cool advert anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Martin. I have absolutely no idea what half the street slang is about. Absolutely not. <laughs> but so, yeah, it does make you feel old, but it's, yeah, it's good ad. You need to get Think House to uh, translate it for you. Oh, that would be an idea, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or I could ask one of my it children. It would be an again, idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to get roasted, then go for it, Paul. Yeah. You mentioned Amazon before, Martin. Mm. And I think it's their first uh, solo Christmas campaign that they actually have gone to air with out through Europe and I, I've got to applaud them for it as well and really it's I know it's a bit of a tried and true formula they've got the beautiful song 
you know, you've got Nat King Cole's smile and it's uh, performed by Joy Crooks. And then you've got that whole tale of togetherness and they feature that CGI sidekick. Do you think that formula is still a winner? Yeah, I mean, actually, I I like the Amazon ad because it's not Amazon being rammed down your throat, um, and that the, the actual placement of the product stroke service is actually quite limited in it. I mean, it's a it's a long ad, but obviously, but yeah, I mean, it's got a it's got a charm to it. I mean, in terms of tried and tested formulas, we were we were lucky enough to have a um, a, a meeting the other day of one of our workshops with uh, the head of uh, John Lewis, uh, who did all the sort of marketing head of John Lewis, who told us, you know, there is a there is a formula and the brief rarely changes, especially for somebody like John Lewis, year after year. And obviously you tweak it a little bit because there's an expectation, that's what it is. And I can see why Amazon has gone down the same route. And as I say, I think it was quite nice. They could quite easily have made something which was very much about, here's the latest big blockbuster, bang in your face type stuff. But actually, no, it was much more charming than that and a great deal more watchable. Just while you mentioned John Lewis, have they changed marketers lately or has there been a big significant shift in their organization because I just didn't feel they nailed the Christmas ad like they do normally every year. I'm going to add to that GW because my favorite ad of all time is the Elton John Christmas Mm. ad and that John Lewis piece was so moving and every time I watch it I cry and I would like yeah. to, I am a sappy person so I'll I'll take that <laughs> but it's it was so powerful and so iconic and you know I, I feel like when advertisers get into the space where they have these iconic ads that that expectation is massive right like that's Elton John and he's there to showing his life story and when you don't get that it feels like a loss but I'm just I, I don't know that it was a loss this year it might just not have been as powerful as it has been previously yeah, no, I know that, that there have been changes at John Lewis, which are quite widely publicised, but it, the ads are still made by um, DDB, Adam and Eve. Um, and as I say, I mean, we, when, when when Craig Inglis was talking to us the other day, I mean, you know, internally, all of those really cool ads that we remember from years gone by that they did, I mean, they were given pretty much free reign, but obviously have to take responsibility for it to produce this stuff. But you know, you raise the bar and you raise the bar, and let's 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 give them credit where credit's due. I mean, they they set a formula that others now follow and have done for about a decade. It's quite hard to top, and uh, I think this year's Christmas offering, if it were if it were the first time you'd seen it, it was a standalone. There was no prehistory to what had happened, you know, what had happened before. You think, okay, yeah, no, I get that, but it doesn't quite have. I understand what you're saying. It doesn't quite get you. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm an emotionally repressed Englishman, and uh, I would agree with you on the Elton John life story for certainly. You know, it's wow. Okay, that 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 really got you in the stomach. But this year's one, good ad, but slightly misses the mark. I think. Martin, I'm just going to go back to Amazon because one of the, my bugbears with uh, home delivery, and particularly online shopping now, is the packaging. So I look at I look at someone like Amazon, for instance, and I, I don't want to pick on them because it's all online shopping really is in there. And I just can't believe the volume of boxes or paper and plastic that actually surrounds one tiny little item. And I live with an adult daughter who's 26, and, and basically the amount of stuff that comes in in these packages is just incredible. So how do companies, how are they rationalising that online shopping trend and the impact that the packaging, particularly around this time of the year, must be having on the environment? 
I'm not sure a lot of them are rationalising it, unfortunately. And of course, the um, ridiculously large boxes with a very small thing inside it, um, you know, we can probably lay the blame for that at the feet of the consultants who calculated that a few boxes of a given size tessellated together nicely in the back of trucks or airplanes or wherever. And, you know, that that's how you get the most efficient A to B, which is probably, you know, still true, but very wasteful. You know, I think they're trying to make some steps in the right direction. You know, at least cardboard generally is recyclable. Uh, a lot of them now are moving to recyclable tapes as well. So, you know, less sort of sellotape and more of these sort of... Um, uh, cellulose-based recyclable tapes that that all helps. Brown paper instead of um, plastic, you know, scrumpled up inside the boxes, which again is is recyclable. So you know, the those are some efforts, but again, we we have to start taking a bigger step back here and looking. It's back to that whole consumer culture need to own everything, need to have more and more and more, and paraphrasing what what Paul was saying earlier on you know does culture create adverts or adverts create culture you know do, does society create the businesses or do businesses create society and again it flows in both directions you know Amazon have done an amazing job right of of ordering stuff online and having it with you in under 24 hours which on one level is you know stupendous and amazing and they've done it incredibly well but it then does feed this whole it just becomes so easy to to get stuff stuff is cheap so then you don't really look at where it comes from or you don't think you know you just dive on buy it done so you know it is very easy to to lambast amazon or or, or these others and sort of say well you know your carbon footprints and your packaging and uh who said tax you know at the same time we're all as guilty for using the system i actually you know try not to use those things as much as i i can but i can't say i never use them so we're, we're all part of the problem as well and and it's just you can't this goes back to that bigger transformational thing that we talked about previously plug number two uh where, where you can't you can't just turn around to one delivery company and say you sort all the problems out mm-hmm and uh, you know it's it is a massive systemic issue of we all want to buy and own stuff now and so the system's grown up around delivering that and it's 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 that whole societal change that's required that then needs different plumbing and different infrastructure which would then mean that delivery companies and Amazon and others would be doing things in a different way because society was demanding a different approach things but whilst people want stuff and they want stuff now there are going to be companies who will deliver it that will bring the packaging that will bring the carbon footprint and everything with it by definition i think fashion's a really big point here Mm. and people like shein or boohoo or all of those really fast fashion companies i know right and when it actually i walked past a boohoo on the way here and i was thinking to myself martin would hate them (laughs) but but i i think that you know us asking and i've seen there's a lot of communities online instagram pages and facebook communities and that kind of thing who are built purely to ask people like that to just have recyclable packaging you know like that that's all they're asking for they're not asking for anything massive and transformative but i think 
consumers are slowly starting to think like that, but this period would be it, it's it's almost too hard to even think about changing your business at this time of year. Yeah, it it, it is, and and uh, you know the the rational business side of me totally understands that. But actually, the the bigger solution, rather than saying to Boohoo or whoever, use recyclable packaging. How about stop buying throwaway fashion yeah. that's made in slave mills in, well, Leicester, as was proven with that company uh, yeah. last year. Sorry, not proven, suggested um, <laughs> before I get sued. But that whole industry of poorly manufactured goods in horrific conditions shipped around the world and then sold for 50p, um, worn once, thrown away, that's the problem. The solution is not send it to me in a recycled package. The The solution is send me well-made goods that were manufactured in good conditions by people who were paid properly from materials and design that will last and I will use multiple times or share. I actually, I was reading a really good article um, the other day on businesses business of fashion and they were saying how um, sales incentives like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and things like that just completely destroy any kind of conversation around overconsumption because if you've got I go back to Boohoo selling 50p dresses why would you not buy 50 50p dresses to wear once to then throw away or give or, you know, all of that kind of conversation. And so it's just it's just a very, very secular topic, I would say, is that everything feeds into everything else and there's no kind of easy way out, especially at Christmas. Now, the ad that I haven't stopped thinking about, and I really hope everyone went away and did their homework and watched this because it is just phenomenal to me and it's been doing the roundups has everyone seen the norwegian ad when harry met santa yes yes oh my goodness i am obsessed absolutely obsessed well it's something a bit that you would like with a bit of a story behind it with a message you know yeah i'm all about that kind of thing but i want to know what does everyone else think about it paul i'm going to throw to you first mr creative in your turtleneck Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I I hadn't seen it until uh, I, I did a little bit of research uh, for this, and I mean, I sat down and I watched it, and it's quite long. I think it's about three and a half minutes when you look at the full the full TVC, and uh, I, I thought, where's this going? Because obviously it's in Norwegian and subtitles, and I had to follow along with it and all the rest of it. Um, but actually, when you get to the point where there's the aha moment at the end, you think. Yeah, that's a that's a brave piece of creative, especially to come from effectively a postal service. And I think it actually is, you know, stupendous and to be applauded for what they've done. And they're celebrating this sort of, you know, 50 years uh, of saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter who you love and who you want to be with. It really doesn't matter. And, you know, we should it, it's the, the, it's a bit it's a bigger story than the Christmas spirit story, which most often people come around. Mm. Um would it play well in other countries? Well, obviously, there are certain places in the world where no. Would it work in the UK? Yeah, I think it, I think it would. Um, obviously, as, as a rework, I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a super piece of creative. It really is, and I think we'll probably be seeing that. I hope we'll be seeing that at some of the award shows um, uh, later in next year. Dubs, I want to know all about your opinion on this. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Paul. I think it'll be seen in the award shows. 
I really do. I'd be very disappointed if it wasn't. Really disappointed. And Martin? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, likewise, I hadn't seen it until um, uh, uh, until I watched it f- for this. Um, and yeah, an incredible, um, very, as, as Paul says, very brave um, mm, very piece brave. to do, right? Because, uh, I mean, y- you know, that's not going to play well with, with um, you know, a lot of people. I guess, the, you know what, just sort of looking more broadly, I'm, I'm always a bit intrigued by the sort of the um, issue-related marketing angle if you like and obviously you know there's a very specific thing they're playing out there in in norway with the 50 years fine you sort of see that but you know then there's slightly the question of okay postal service what was your you know who you know who are you to be the one who is pushing that message out there now in that context it probably you know postal service is national it's a national law but I think when you're looking at those, you know, whatever the, the issue might be, I think, you know, you really are treading, you've got to tread very carefully to, yeah. to be positioning that message and to not be coming across as as preachy or, I mean, just, just to, you know, just take an, another example, but sort of back, you know, when the whole Black Lives Matters thing really, you know, was was taken off. Suddenly everybody, right, was out on Twitter uh, and social media saying yes, Black Lives Matter, and and you know part of, you know very quickly people were pushing back and said, well, you're hardly going to put an advert out there saying Black Lives don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are you just saying that because you want to jump on that bandwagon, well, or do you actually believe it and you actually doing something so about it? This is something that I'm very passionate about, and it's authority versus authenticity. There you go. And Love people, that. yeah, see, like people see always. Think about authentic. And whenever we're creating ads, the most overused word that I see in briefs and in in conversations with clients about different ads is authentic. We want to be authentic. But then they also want to jump on board these different Mm. topics and causes and trends. And my pushback is always, are you the authority to be authentic in this instance? And so... For, for something like Black Lives Matter or Mardi Gras is something that really gets me going every mm-hmm. year is, you know, the likes of Smirnoff jumping on board and being very much, oh, you know, we'll rainbow flag our logo and we'll do all those sorts of things. Are, are you really authentically able to do that? Like, what's your hiring policy? Yeah. And how yeah. how right. are you bringing in the LGBTQIA plus community into your business? Are, are you celebrating at any other time of the year? Do you have specific incentives for these audiences or these people coming into your business? And is there a portion of your profits? Like what's actually going on behind? Yeah. Or that is it just a flag on your logo? Exactly. Once a month, exactly. Once a um, I'm sure Dubs is over me talking about this because we have this conversation all the time. But it's something that I could very easily talk for another hour and a half about i do have to just say though i did think the norwegian i don't know why but the norwegian ad felt authentic Mm. i don't know i just don't know whether they have the authority but watching it it kind of felt authentic i think it was the story that made it feel authentic because it went through the years you know the emotions of the guy yeah 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 yeah. and i thought it was really well done martin last time we talked about obviously climate change and uh, sustainability and things like that. Is there any cause-based marketing that you've seen out there that's, that you feel has been truly authentic and that the, that the organisation's actually got the authority to talk through? 
Putting you on the spot here. Putting me on the spot there. Gosh, because this is now going to show up the fact that I don't normally watch adverts other than the research I did for this. Um, so, not at Christmas that I've seen. And in fact, actually, I thought, interestingly, the there was nothing in looking at all of the, the ads that, that I've just watched around for, for this. I think I once caught something talking very briefly about sustainability and it was gone. And absolutely nothing else in there was talking about climate change or any issue of sustainability whatsoever. More generally, n- nothing is particularly leaping to mind as something that was like, oh, yeah, that, that really gets it. But and, and I think it's straight back to your to your to your point that, uh, it, you know, it, it's sustainability has kind of become like the pride flag mm. during Mardi Gras. It's like, oh, uh, we haven't really got anything else to talk about at the moment. So suddenly we'll talk about pandas and we'll yep. talk about climate change and uh, we'll talk about recycled cardboard boxes. But that is the perfect point, is that this right. is not the time of year that you talk about this stuff. This is the time of year where people want to be, be around family. They want to be around, a, you know, like their friends. They want to hear about the snow and they want to see snowmen. Right. It's not that time of year where brands are... not snowmen here anymore because <laughs> the climate's changing. So, Paul, I'm going to go off topic a little bit here and move away from Christmas. Obviously, we've just had the award show for the Indies. And we had Best in Show, and that was a, a cause-based uh, adver- advertisement that actually won and uh, from Estonia. And that was the most amazing. It had a huge outcome. I really, really was so delighted that it got Best in Show. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because it's a brilliant campaign. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Glenda, because I did want to talk about this anyway. But I mean, you had to be careful because obviously this is a, a sort of Christmas-related podcast, and this is not a Christmassy story. But nevertheless, I think this is an example of how communications, in general, when it's done well, can actually have a positive impact, and it can actually change and save lives. So the story was that in Estonia, until very recently, the legal age of sexual consent was 14. And anywhere, pretty much anywhere else in the world, that would be considered child abuse. So the agency in question, agency called Optimist, based in Tallinn, uh, set about with the view uh, with the Estonian government to change the law effectively to, to raise the age of legal consent to 16. And they produced a piece which, when first viewed, uh, you thought was a real story. And it was about a, an old guy who uh, was dating a 14-year-old girl. And the line was along the lines of, you know, her parents can't stop us, the police can't stop us, society can't stop us. And this went viral across Estonia. It was on the news shows and blah, 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 blah. And eventually, obviously, they revealed that this was a, uh, you know, this was effectively a piece of fake news. And I know because I, I, I sort of sat in on the jury uh, deliberations over this, and there's a lot of questions about should in this day and age one use fake news to, uh, you know, in this way, uh, given everything that we went through with, with Trump, et cetera, um, and on Facebook. And actually, uh, the jury came out and said, well, given the results and what this did, then yes, actually, the the means justified the ends. Uh, because, of, you know, from, uh, I think it's the start of the year, uh, start of next year, the age of legal consent in Estonia will go up to 16. And this will protect, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of children from abuse. And for me, you know, this, I mean, it, just thinking about it sends that sort of tingle down your spine because for all of the sort of, you know, 
nonsense that we see that comes out of our industry and you know we can sit here and i can wax lyrical about how beautiful that creative ad was but let's be honest at the end of the day you know it's an ad and nine times out of ten this does not change the world i can sell more toilet roll i can sell more cornflakes or johnny depp can disappear out into the desert again let's hope he stays there but um this actually (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry this actually does this does make a big, big difference, and um, it, it was well a well-deserved winner, and um, I would encourage people to, to have a look at the ad. I really would. Oh, no, it was a fantastic campaign, and I was so pleased that they won. I really was. Incredible, incredible results as well. All right, guys. Well, we're about to get kicked out of the studio, so I don't want to take up too much more time. But I do want to wind up by hearing everyone's top picks of the season. And Paul, I know yours isn't going to be Johnny Depp in the desert, but is there anyone else that you can think of um, that you can showcase today? Yeah, no, I I, I do. And I, I think at the end of the day, I think there are two two ads for me that jumped out and I like this year. One is the aforementioned Tesco ad. I just I just love the way that that captures everything that's happened over the last 18 months. And it's done. Yeah, sure. It's done uh, to make us buy more food, which let's be honest, we don't really need to do. But, but I just think it's it's just it's funny. It's lighthearted and it's of the moment. And the other one I really like. And as I said earlier, I am an emotionally repressed Englishman, but this one did actually bring a tear to the eyes, the McDonald's ad. And I love this because it, it, it just it's it just captures the essence of magic uh about christmas and all this time of year for children and how as adults you know we, we forget that we move up and everything else becomes more important it's like you know crikey i've got to pay the water bill the mother-in-law's coming for christmas i don't want to know this stuff but actually then you, you heart back to it and it's like actually let's not forget what this is really about and there is a magic in there and it's you know and that's that's probably the you know the two i think that really resonate and stand out for me and it, it's you know there's a lot of stuff out there which is very samey but i think those two are great McDonald's was my favourite too. I cried. I actually cried. I thought it was brilliantly done. Yes, I absolutely thought it was amazing. It's not It's not hard to make you cry with these ads, all right? Look, I cried when everyone returned to the office. So December 1, <laughs> our, our team, anyone that was vaccinated could come into the office and I cried. You know, like it was it was a very emotional time. And, I, and to your point, like I love Tesco's too for the same reason. It's like nothing is going to break the spirit of this Christmas. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get there and I'm going to get it done and just come hell or high water, it's going to happen. And I thought the McDonald's campaign for a McDonald's ad, they didn't actually want to sell a burger and fries. You know what I mean? It was that emotion. And I thought that that was brilliant. It, It wasn't about, it was to your point before, G, doesn't matter if it's in 12 months' time. You know, I'll go and eat the cardboard burger, you know, because it was just so emotional. And I just thought it was it was great. What about you, Martin? There's got to be something there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all of those. I, I think I've already I've already given away my I mean, for me, just the Apple one just wiped everything else off the board. I just I just loved it. And, and just that sort of, um, yeah, just breaking through the three the three generations uh, and the kids just just doing something amazing. I think, and the other one that actually I did, if I can throw another one in there. Um, and GB, you're going to have to remind me because which one this was, but where the kid wants the bigger the bigger presents. Oh, okay. This is the biggest gift by Telecom. 
That's it. Yeah. That, oh, that ad. That's in my top picks too. Okay. I'll that see, I'll ad go, is. Go for it. No, I'm just saying that ad is so stunningly great. And yeah. I was thinking to myself before, the whole time I was watching it, all I could think of was this little kid is the biggest shit I have right. ever seen. It's beautiful misdirection, isn't yeah. it? All the way through. The it's whole like, what's, time. What's the doing? first what's time I was watching on? it, I was like, what is this? Why would they want to promote this little shit? And yeah. then I got to the end and I was like, oh. Okay, fine. I accept I it. Get that, I yeah. get it. I get the ad. I get the direction. I'm happy with it. Yeah. But yeah, no, amazing. Definitely. I did like that. So good. Okay. And then look, one that we haven't spoken about is the Sainsbury's ad, which Sainsbury's is my local supermarket now, but it was hilarious how they had the, the I don't know who it was, but the actress and she was going around, you know, everyone's talking about being around family is the best thing and it being snuggled up by the fire is the best thing and she's sitting there eating all the food going, nah, actually it's the turkey. Actually, it's the cranberry sauce. It was great. I loved it. Left me cold. Oh. Sorry. Oh, dear. Well, for me, the best thing about Christmas is the food. So that's why I did love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all we've got time for today. I'm so sorry. We've got both audio audio guys about to kick us out of the studios now. Thanks so much for all coming along today. And we just wish you all have a, uh, both of you have a fantastic Christmas. And and, and to you, and to you. Merry Christmas to everyone who's listening. Thanks so much for having us back. Thank you for tuning in no matter where you are. Keep safe, be happy, and don't sweat the small stuff. See you again next year. (laughs) 